0: to We're All Gonna Die in Other Fun Facts, a semi-regular, occasionally amusing, and rarely funny series of conversations on a random topic. This episode is entitled The Afterlife is a Hangover, and it is about a new book, new-ish book of poetry and art by Jason Baldinger and Nell Hendricks. And our guest is... For this episode is someone who knows something about the afterlife being a hangover. <laughs> uh, for his, I we, we said what tenth time? I, I mean, we're around there, yeah. Yes, and what a perfect guest for guest for episode number ninety nine. This is the last double digit episode. <laughs>
1: You can officially retire me and
0: like, no, find no, no, the,
2: no.
1: find someone to do ten for the next hundred. No, no, nah, no, no, right, no. no, keep, no. Writing books.
0: keep keep writing books. Keep being on the podcast, Mister Jason Baldinger, who is by now definitely the most frequent guest in the history of Roy. So I mean, we'd still be on eighty nine if
1: it wasn't for you. Basically, That's true. Well, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll keep writing books. That's
0: great. Well, well, in another nine years, we'll get to two hundred.
1: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a really good goal. Nine years. Do you wonder?
0: Yeah. Uh, first episode was uh, December thirteen.
1: It was right. the first
0: we tried it and uh, kind of worked. And then I figured out hosting. It was then January fourteen. I think it was that it actually went live and got posted on the world. And we've been um, going semi regular ever since. Yeah, with the occasional unannounced eight month hiatus in between. The mm-hmm. you know there there's life that gets in the way. Their life does get in the way. So, yeah, so The Afterlife is a Hangover. I guess we need to just take this head on what this book is about. Yes. And why maybe this this podcast might have a different emotional tenor than...
1: (laughs) Or we might have to do a lot of pausing.
0: Yes, or we might have to do a lot of pausing or razor blade edits or just stepping out of the batter's box for a minute. Yes. Uh, So,
1: uh, in 2014, my uh, friend and co-worker and local musician, Carl Hendricks, was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, At that time, I was working for him uh, in a record store that he owned, which was Soundcat Records. And um, you know, what do you do? in that situation when someone you care about is diagnosed uh, with something that that could be life-threatening. Certainly the diagnosis was more serious than I was led to believe at the moment, which might have changed some some trajectory along the way. But uh, anyway, ultimately Carl would pass away uh, on uh, Inauguration Day uh, 2016 our joke has consistently been he didn't want to know what the fuck a Trump administration would look like uh, Yeah, this book was then written um, in three sessions uh, in May of 2016 so it was written similar to Stud Terkel Blues in that just sort of happened <laughs> i guess you could yeah. say yeah um, yeah so that's the sort of short version of it and we can go further with that yeah, through the rest of
0: this yeah i mean i think for me the two the two threads i really want to explore um, for me on one level just narcissistically reading this and so well reading this um, and being a peripheral figure. I mean, it was, I was the guy who regularly came to that shop. Yes. And I knew a lot of those people. And then there was a time where um, one of Carl's very good friends was my office mate at yes. my job. Um, and knowing you pretty well and Silsby and Collins and a, a, a lot of people mentioned in the book and and Matt slash Mikey. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: Almost everyone got their names slightly changed
0: Yes Almost everyone Almost everyone Um, You know, just kind of, for me, reliving that And having, you know, you were the one who told me Before it was common knowledge that Carl passed I got a text message from you Yeah You know, um, I remember going to the shop the next, what, day, day after
1: yeah, I mean by then it was Juke And it was, I, I have no idea what that would have been Even like I was sitting paper rock shiva is how we were joking Yeah, uh, What we were jokingly calling it uh, uh, On Grove Street With uh, Carl's family and, and friends So mm. I, I can't imagine what being in that shop Would have been like on that day Yeah, well I remember going in and, and,
0: and coming in with Derek And, and you know, mm. just getting a big hug And just you know, the shop just seemed—it was a different place by then. Yes, it was a very. It was different, place. and it really felt like a different place. Yeah. Um, and so that, you know, being like my—I I think one thing is just my own visceral reaction, and the way that this is such a visceral book. Yes. Um, and then the second thread is that this is also—I—I—it I, feels to me like it's a stylistic departure for. I am a. I am a. I'm proud to say I believe I'm a Jason Baldinger completist. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I I even ordered the books from England that were out in England, um, and so, you know, this feels different. So it's also it's it's a long narrative, yes. lyric poem in fifty parts.
1: Right. We did. I, I didn't want the book to be, long. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go and and prolong any pain, you know, Um, I wanted to make a a, a concise narrative that felt like a loop. And I Mm -hmm. hope it sort of does that. Yeah. Uh, Kind of holding on when you're diagnosed with a serious illness and cancer in particular, there is so much that changes day to day and Mm. things can be great one moment and bad the next and it can be lickety split so you're constantly on a roller coaster you're on a loop of high and low and you know you, you yeah you just end up in that space you end up in that mindset and i as I, again this book was kind of not planned I, I wasn't going through The last couple of years of Carl's life Working for him Running his record store Thinking I need to write a book about this Yeah um, But there was A point A couple months after Again I would write this in May And he had passed in January That I just had this grief That I didn't really know what to do um and there's that moment that you could read other books about cancer or other people's memoirs. Yeah. I am not that person. I'm mm. not going to look for myself in a you know, a half dozen cancer memoirs or or yeah. whatnot. It was easier for me just to like let this thing out. Yeah, and then it was like, okay, now what the fuck do I do with this thing? Yeah,, uh, there was an honest moment where I I never thought this may even come out. I Mm -hmm. I wasn't actively shopping it. Uh, Chris Collins and I had had a conversation about the book, and he wasn't necessarily interested in publishing it, Uh, so I just kind of had it. And it was there, it was like, I have this book, if somebody wants it at some point in time. yeah, And, And... Uh, if you fast forward to 2017 when I was in Kansas on my writer's residency I was resident in in Missouri but I was in Kansas for a handful of shows I was uh, hanging out with Jason Reberg who uh, publishes Spartan Press and um, uh, Kung Fu Treachery which has done a lot of my books Uh, and I get I think we were on Our first book together But he And I were talking He's like How much What do you have How much Do you have other manuscripts What do you got And I was like Oh yeah I've got like Two or three things I can send them to you He's like Yeah Let's do them You know Whatever you got Send it to me We're doing it And right. I was like Okay great This is fine So I have this Loaded book That I don't know Yeah What to do with And Um Over the course of the next year or so, it kind of bounced around a little bit, and Jeanette Powers, who runs Stubborn Mule, who's a good friend of Jason Reberg's, got it. And Jeanette really uh, helped maybe form this book a little bit better. Mm. She asked some really good questions in editing Mm. uh, that I think brought... Some narrative issues You know Forefronted that that weren't there And she made some very good suggestions Ultimately uh, It was her imprint, Stubborn Mule That would put the book out It was supposed to be out in July of last year Uh, But Jeanette joined uh, An anarchist An anarcho-communist, syndicalist Whatever you want to say, commune in Missouri Okay as, as you do As you do During a pandemic <laughs> And uh, The book Was Done with Six corrections That never Got done So it was sitting Waiting mm. And Jeanette disappeared Basically uh, So uh, I guess It's better that it waited to some extent, although before the pandemic, when I knew this was coming out, uh, Carl's 50th birthday would have been last, not last July, but July of 2019. Um, Yeah, that's right. And we were planning to do the release show uh, with or in conjunction with his 50th birthday, to have Mm. a a birthday party. Uh,
2: Mm.
1: We don't Often, after awake and all those um, excuse me, uh, all those things that come with the wake, you kind of put everything aside. Yeah, and then you're left to kind of wander through your grief. Uh, yeah, which maybe not isn't maybe isn't the best way of handling it. Ultimately, yeah,
0: I always sometimes thought about like the the rituals surrounding death. Yeah, it, I, I, it almost is about distractions. Like, no, no, actually, there's things you have to do now. Like, I remember when my dad died, it was... Okay, this horrible... But actually, there's paperwork. Mm-hmm. There's paperwork. There's paperwork. There's always paperwork. There's always paperwork. There's always paperwork. <laughs> and so, And so, it was this thing for me that was, like, you have these feelings you have to sit them somewhere on a shelf mm-hmm. because there's paperwork and there's all this other stuff all these other mechanisms that have to happen and you know you talking about the, the, the delay in coming out or uh, this book coming out is also for me like there's moments of it and again for me as a peripheral figure mm-hmm um, who just knew about these events that you're describing as they're happening? And I was at the Roboto mm. um, benefit, and you know these other things. It's also this question of like, what's the hot? How hot is the hot potato of of these feelings? Yeah. Okay. And how close do you want to get? And how deep in there
1: do you want to go? And that that's a very <laughs> hard part for me with this book. I. When people compliment this book, and I, I appreciate any good feedback I get, I, yeah, and I don't even care good, bad feedback too. I mean, yeah, I I'll take either because it, it, they're both warranted in a lot of respects. Um, this is a very raw book, and it is maybe for someone who writes raw anyway. Yeah, this is as raw as it gets. Um, I don't think yeah. you can get much raw and still maybe hold a semblance of a story together. Yeah. I, I, I could be incorrect about that. Um,
0: but no, no, I mean, it is, you know, I always say this, it is such a great metaphor um, for grief and trauma. Is, you know, Nick Cave in One More Time with Feeling talks mm. about the moment his son died. And asked, you know, what's life been like since? And he said, like, time is this different thing. Time is an elastic band. Yeah. And he goes out, and there's something that reminds him and brings him back to that moment where you never want to go again. Yeah. And, you know, what irony, or not irony, I don't know, It's this 48 hours to the 20th anniversary of 9-11? Yeah. Oh, the, yes. The th- yeah, yeah I, which... Morning. Yeah, that thing, you know, the last time I woke up in America um, Yeah, the
1: last time any of us woke up in America
0: <laughs> Yeah, and how... Well, I think we as a culture have never... Like, we've, we've, no. go, we've gone away, I can't even say moved on We've no. gone away well, We don't from deal your, with things We <laughs> so. don't, no, we don't deal with things And I think there's not a lot of good models for dealing with things in our culture
1: And, 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 s- and this was kind of one of the reasons for a 50th birthday party Yeah. Was the exact you know, it's like, how do we bring this back? How do we let people celebrate together? Because we yeah again, you 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 leave awake and you're left with your grief. And maybe you carry that grief by yourself, maybe you have friends to carry it with you. Yeah. But the whole concept of life should be a celebration,
2: which I think mm, uh,
1: I think the book States very clearly. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you need to be able to come back and, especially, I'm f- not even, a, no, for anyone really, to celebrate what has happened, what has yes. passed, what is your history. And yeah. It's something that America fails to do. Yeah. Which is why we're still in this fucking predicament after 9 11, after Vietnam. Yeah. Um, There's no (laughs) celebration after slavery, after After the Native Americans, after you know, after our 450 years of fucking tragedy and oppression and colonialism. Um, Uh, yeah, (laughs) you're still dealing with it if you don't sit down and with it, hash it out and try and puzzle through or celebrate or damn or you know, whatever you need to do, blame, burn, yeah, fuck it.
0: Yeah, I mean I think yeah, and I think our our malady, our national malady of being eternally bright-sided. Mm-hmm. Eternally incapable of admitting that sometimes you just got to take the L.
1: Yeah. And it, it's
0: okay, man. And it is Making okay. It. Um which is the way I even think about the you know we we have these political problems in the 21st century, and it's like well actually maybe maybe it's just not going to be a good century for us. Maybe it's not. We had the 20th century as the American century, and it's someone else's turn. I think we should put air quotes around the American century. Yeah,
1: the short American century. You know. It's like 55 years, maybe. Yeah, no,
0: I mean, there's, you know, if, if Victorians, if 19th century in literature, they now have this thing called the long 19th century, ah. which is about 1780 to 1915 is now considered the long 19th century.
1: That 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 makes a lot of sense. To you.
0: Yes. And so we have the short American century. We have... We're choked up on the bat. No. Um, and sitting with these things. And you're right. I mean, I think both of these... Both of those threads are, are definitely in mm-hmm. in this book. It, it is a celebration of Carl's life. Even though it's this little code name thing that happens. It's yeah, Richard. We can, yeah. yeah, we can talk about that in a moment. we can talk about that in a moment. But it's a celebration of his life and who he was. But also this catharsis of that experience.
2: Yeah.
0: And I... I remember you telling me, you know, when talking about the shop, which is now a vape shop, yeah, which is now is no longer a record store in Bloomfield, mm-hmm. which is another thing. Yeah, I I don't even use that block of Liberty Avenue anymore. I, I don't either. There's yeah. no reason to go there. I do need to actually go to the Sacred Heart of Jesus store at some point <laughs> in the not too distant future, if they're if they're open. Um, that sounds crazy. I'm sure they're open. Yeah.
1: She's terrible. yeah she's
0: terrible. Mm, she was nice to me, but it was because I where I work. That's, it, fair. that's yes no, no, no oh, you're one of them you know. <laughs> um, uh, you know just what it was like. I remember you talking about that space and reflecting on that space and what it was like to then be there. Yeah, virtually every fucking day yeah for this ordeal in yeah. that space that was already branded with that person with
1: Carl. But it was also a space that was familial in so many ways. Mm. Um, yeah, that
0: was. I mean, when that shop changed ownership for the last time, uh, that yeah. that was the that. Now that you say that, I mean, even again, is it just somebody who was would go there once a month and mm-hmm. went there once a month? Yeah. For uh, how many years? There was that exact familial... I mean, I only knew
1: Carl... That way. Through the shop. See, for me... Uh, and just to give everybody... Since we're 15 minutes into this probably... and have not given a whole lot of context as to this. Yes, yes, uh, thank you for saying... No problem, I, you know, just don't want people lost in the dark at a certain moment. Um... Uh, So in the Bloomfield neighborhood of Pittsburgh uh, there was a record shop called uh, Jim's Records uh, that had opened uh, in 1977. I guess I don't need to get into that it moved around the block a couple times. Uh, And Jim's lasted from 1977 until 1993. Uh, It was then taken over by Uh, a man named Paul and was changed to Paul CDs in 1993. uh, I started shopping there the next year in 94. Carl started working there in 1989 with Jim. Wow, I started working for Paul in 2005 but didn't start full time until 2007. Uh, And then Paul sold the shop to Carl in 2012. Carl would then sell the shop in 2015 uh, to another person who changed the name. I ultimately worked for them for a short period of time and they went out of business about a year after my departure. Yeah. Uh, That's a short nutshell history. So, what... uh, There's actually several shades of grief here because you're... Not just losing a friend, you're losing a... A, a space. A, a space a, that a was lifetime. an
0: institution that yeah. was... Something that was, I learned
1: so much mm-hmm. in that space. Right. You're, you're talking about, for me, 20 years of my life. Wow. You know, yeah. as a customer and then as an employee. Uh, Carl's daughters both grew up in that store. They would come in after school mm-hmm. and they would go do their homework in the back room if no one else was home. Oh, wow. You know, because you know, both myself and Carl lived less than a mile away from the shop. Uh, we constantly, you know, everybody who was in the shop played in bands together or played shows together. Um yeah. You know, the customers that were coming through had been coming through in some cases, since 1977. Yeah. You know, so you were, you were meeting people, and even for me, when Paul's closed in 2012, and I had been there for five years, I was still the new guy, you
2: know? Yeah,
1: wow. Um, so there, there's a lot that comes with that space. Um, you know, I recall... In 1994 being in there for the first time And I, I didn't have any money And I just like trudged through the bargain bin And bought uh, a Mad Season record the, uh, the shitty grunge Mad Season We're not talking about Matchbox 20 No, Mad no, Season. the Lane Staley Mad yeah, Season The, the Lane Staley Mad Season record It was like three bucks uh, But at that point in time I was still kind of a A newbie Uh, Yeah, I I was just getting my feet into uh, this whole music thing I I was learning in in leaps and bounds Uh, There was actually a record store in Butler called Randy's Records That was kind of my education And Randy worked for Jim and worked with uh, Carl So we tie even further into the Uh, and Randy and I know each other and still communicate, at least online. Cool. Uh, and I've told Randy a number of times that, you know, he was very formidable. And, yeah. and Paul's was very formidable. Yes, it was. Uh, for me in the 90s, uh, you knew if you showed up on a Saturday afternoon between 4 and 5 o'clock that. These groups of people would all be conglomerating in the store at that point in time, and you would be able to talk to whomever, mm-hmm. whether it be you know uh, Mike or whether it be uh, Carl or John Bell, or whether it be Red Bob, who I you know would ultimately end up working there, and would become a very close friend of mine as well. And there was always someone telling you, about a record. It's like, have you
0: heard this? Yes. And putting a record. Yes. In. Yes, I remember the uh, the the employee picks mm-hmm. on the counter. Yeah. You know, there was that, that that display that was always like everybody got to pick like five or six records. Right. And
1: and yeah. we like, hey, the, you know, these are the things we're telling you you need to pay mm-hmm. attention to. Yeah. Um Yeah, every time Red Bob, and and, Red Bob now works in another record store
0: in town, and every time Red Bob says, hey, you know this, I buy it. I just buy it. I just know. Yeah. Um, My first time at Paul's, I had heard about it, and I had to look it up in the phone book. (laughs) I had to look it up in the phone book and then get a map
1: and find find it. it. I was so new to Pittsburgh. For me, it was, and I, I was in Evans City at that point in time, so not you know, Night of the Living Dead country. Mm. Uh, and uh, one of my high school friends was friends with uh, Colin, who played bass for Carl in, in mm. the in the uh, trio in the rock band at various points in times, and he had said to me. Oh, my buddy Colin works for Paul's. We should go check this place out. You know? mm. And, like, again, I was still kind of getting my feet wet about record stores. You know, so I, I, you know, that first time I walk up with that Mad Season record and Carl waited on me. And there was that hushed awe, you know, and I wasn't familiar with Carl's music yet at that moment, but everybody knew... That there was this man who had made records and who was signing at that point to merge records. Oh and wow. We were like you know it was like some form of royalty uh, and um, yeah, Carl uh, gave me some record store attitude. I know, <laughs> uh, it, it was the 90s and it was expected. It was the 90s and it was expected. Um, so <sighs> so it, it it was real. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was high fidelity. Yeah, it was high fidelity, and it, it happened. But that moment stays, yep. and that moment is mentioned in the book. Yeah, yes. Uh, before we go any further, let me just. I'll read yeah, the let's do it. Let's let's, let's stay grounded in the thing. For context here. Yeah, other Paul um, City Soundcat. So, so that other store I think anecdotes, we're, but let's. Uh, poem number nine in the book. Mm. Michelle does bookkeeping's. And I drop by Sundays and Wednesdays. She signs checks, keeps everything current, and I make sure she's all right. On the porch, she smokes. Rain starts. She pours my first dirty martini, and we unwind memories. Mm. She met Richard in the store in 1991. Mm. She has the coordinates saved, a screenshot on her phone, a pavement LP The cures kiss me, kiss me, kiss me, Got her a date and 21 years together. Mm. I started shopping at Pete's in 94, fresh out of high school. Remember buying a mad season LP from the bargain bin. Richard wrote the sale. He rolled his eyes at me. Those days of indie cred are long gone. I say, one of my favorite shows ever was Richard and the original trio at Luciano's. It was a sweltering night in 1995. The Gesture of Kindness release show. Mm A hundred people, butts to nuts, a hundred degrees. Richard stalked the stage of distortion pedals, and they bled. Mm -hmm. She laughs hard, recalls awkward first date, he barely making eye contact, and one night he asked her to come see him play, and she was mesmerized. This awkward man suddenly Mm -hmm. possessed. He turns a room on and all eyes are on him. The rain is louder. It's a fierce storm tonight. Third martini and both of us clouded eulogies, both of us near decades, still hoping we're too young to talk about cancer. Tonight we're lost in memories. Mm. The water of life drains away. Hmm. So there's the short version and the long version of those stories. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Oi.
0: So I had, I had a similar experience that was on. It was on a record store day. Okay. And um, Carl handed me. It was the freebie. Was oh, and you get you know. It was thank God we have limes by the Carl Henders Trio. Oh. He's like you get this free seven inch. I was like oh cool. And I walked away. And about a year later. I saw uh, Ted Leo at the Andy Warhol Museum mm. and, and it was Ted Leo and Carl Hendrix and I'm sitting there in the performance space in the Andy Warhol Museum and I was like, oh there's that guy from Paul CDs is here. That's cool. I mean I guess he's is he helping out on the roadie or something? And then he picks up a guitar and like plays and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> it's Carl Hendricks. Yep, And I had heard about Carl Hendricks And I had heard Carl Hendricks but Trio in the dawn. rock band But like that, that that's that dude yeah. Was not um, <laughs> Just had not It just never had, had dawned uh, And that's actually the only time I ever saw Carl Hendricks perform Was acoustic at the Andy Warhol Museum Opening for Ted Leo I'm sure that was still a fun show That was amazing Oh it was so <laughs> good And then Ted Leo was like Basically it was like This is an honor To play with Carl I've, I've admired Carl's work For
1: years And I was so happy That he was able To open the show And I, and I yeah. think that That's oh, a, a So good A whole other side Of this I, I, You were asking me uh, In the book Carl's name is Richard uh, And the reason For that Is that In Dave Newman's book Another uh, Excellent Pittsburgh novel uh, Called Ray Carver Won't raise your children Anymore And uh, Carl is in that book. At that point in time, Carl was a at an adjuncted pit with Dave, and Carl was named Richard in the book. Mm-hmm. And so I, it, it a made it easier for me to give a little distance mm-hmm. and have a different name. Uh, yeah, but it also then tied it to to Dave's book, and I felt like that way if you had the. The, the way back You could at least You know Go find Dave's book And read What yeah. Dave had to say About Carl And now yeah. Um Um Bela Co Oh fuck What the hell is his name the, the dude that Uh Owns used kids Has a book About the Columbus music scene Oh uh, he, He'll be reading At government center In a couple weeks uh, and he's got a whole chapter on Carl in that book as well Oh, wow So there, there are all these little things that just start And also
0: through. I guess there is uh, Carl as the character in Fight for Your Long Day I did not know that Yes, the adjunct novel, there is a character that is not named Carl Hendricks But uh, from someone who's read it, the, the, the char- it's so obviously Carl
1: Yeah so yeah, and in Dave's book it is so obviously Carl And I don't know if I You know, got Carl I, And I don't know that my intent was to get Carl Completely I mean, uh, I think there's kind of three people That the narrative is swirling around Generally And it's, it's me and Carl And, and uh, Megan, his wife Who's Michelle in the book yeah. um, And I certainly was Dealing with Carl A lot, but I was dealing with Megan more Yeah. Uh, At certain points Through this Yeah, And I think also for me
0: Even being a peripheral person I I, I don't want to say anybody Listen to this podcast Who doesn't know Carl Hendricks Or never had the Carl Hendricks experience
1: um, You should absolutely listen to Songs of Misery and Women
0: Yeah you should listen to Songs of Misery I love Declare Your Weapons I think Worst Cup of Coffee I Ever Had Is just such a stunning I will wake up with that song in my head, at least once every three months, just playing in my head and just wanting, wanting to just blast it on repeat. I love that song so much.
1: I, I remember in the '90s that I desperately wanted to start a band to do a seven-inch that would be Pittsburgh's hottest babes on one side and Aliyah by Donny Iris on the other.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would have been. It never amazing.
1: happened. Yes,
0: yeah, it never happened. But for those of you who did not have the crawl experience, I think the other thing we have to say about this book is... You know, dealing with other death and illness experiences that I've had. Um, there is a universal experience. Not or, or I'll say universal. That's so loaded. A relatable experience with this book. And how... You know... I was so taken back by that, you know... Was it the, the line, as the universe expands? It holds a knife to our throats. It <laughs> holds a knife to our throats, yeah. Or something
1: like that, yes. I, I yeah,
0: I mean, me dealing with my own corporeality mm-hmm. and, you know,
1: health that is not perfect. Yes. Well, um, I, I mean, we're also... And, and somebody had said this to me. Um, you know, through your 20s and your 30s, you are you're not... There's not a point in time you're not losing people. You're not losing yes. friends. People aren't dying. But it's accidents or overdoses. Yeah,
0: it's it's the really fantastic. Yes. Fantastical. And it is this foreign agent that happens. It's right. not something
1: that happens inside. I mean. And once you start, you know, when this book was written, I think I was 40. And Carl was 46 when he passed away. Um. You know, it was the first of the life it is is finally starting to take our friends. Yeah, I mean that was
0: you know when you had texted me, and so actually I have a poem that's coming out in the October anti heroin chic. Okay, awesome. about this. Um, you texted the last stanzas you texting me, and I've read that poem. Yes, you poem. have read that. But thank you. Um, if, 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 if you have it
1: convenient, l- I you you should read it before I do the not. End of this.
2: <laughs> I, ooh, well, I'll
1: read a poem at some point in time And if you find it uh, while I'm it reading yeah. on the stack um, But,
0: you know Yeah, I mean the punchline being um, Oh, no, here it is actually right now um, Actually, I'll just read it I'll Why tell the punchline the Yes. Yeah. Okay, so this is called um, uh, Stepping in dog shit at 12 a.m. Well, naked at 43 Which is after the Charlie Bryce poem which I think is Cleaning up cat puke naked at 70 Yep yeah. um, Alright The light pink padded Vinyl sushi lounge Was the fourth or fifth stop on our Toledo bar crawl Roaming, tumbling, playful conversation Spilling through the walls Of taverns and dives Laughter thought seeds planted. It was 1990-something. All our friends were still alive. No cancer or overdoses or threats in my imagination. All the friends I met 30 years in the future were with us too. I was wise, middle-aged, in my old young body. It was night on earth and I expected we were going to watch the sunrise together. Though I've never been to Toledo. All that drinking meant I had to piss. I woke up in a twilight bedroom in 2021. The earth is screaming for help. Maybe we only have a few years left. Kenny and Neely are still dead, though I was just talking to them, excavating their worlds of secret knowledge seconds ago, plantar fasciitis in my right foot, careful careful to slip out of bed as to not wake up either dog, especially our new life, Hildy. That would mean getting completely dressed sitting on the back porch with her until it was too late for the snooze alarm to save me, (laughs) stumbling without my glasses, trying to replay my Toledo visit, not wanting to stop time travel intoxication, hoping to return if I can make it quickly back to bed. And that's when I realized I'd stepped in dog shit on the black mat in the dark bathroom with the foot that works every time I ask it to hobbling on the bad foot to avoid further smears, shocking myself out of the last vestiges of sleep to deal with the present, to ensure I'm not currently wetting the bed. Now I'll never get back to Toledo, where it's possible Damon and Ray didn't move to Portland. Brian and Brett didn't lose their minds to addictions to bad ideas and all the international students I befriended in grad school never had their visas canceled by a country that didn't want them in the first place. As I cupped the bath mat to drop the smashed logs into the toilet, dropping one on the seat and two on the floor, I remembered when Baldinger texted me Carl Hendricks had died in the night. The only thing Nell could say was, this begins the time in our lives when our friends are going to start dying. And that's when I realized Hildy also pissed on the part of the mat I was holding. <laughs> Which is both the funniest and the fucking saddest poem I've ever written. No, yeah, it's, it's very much both of those. <laughs> both those things, but that's what she said. And so the, 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 the confusion, of course, is Nell Hendricks, but Nell, my wife. Yeah. The, 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 there might have to be a footnote. Or an asterisk or something. It's not that Nell you're thinking. If you know Carl, not that Nell. Not that Nell. Not that Nell. The the Nell that lives here. Um, Yeah. Because I did have this dream where all my friends were still alive. Wow. And we were having a great fucking time I've never been to Toledo I don't know if there is a vinyl I would think that there is a place in Toledo That has this light pink Dusty rose Vinyl bar and booths That's a sushi lounge That serves good cocktails I, In my mind that would exist in Toledo <laughs> It has to
1: I'll tell you what, I'll be in Toledo next month and I'll ask. Okay. (laughs) Please do. And wouldn't it be the spookiest thing ever if. If. Maybe I'll just take the excerpt of this and just like play it for my Toledo friends, and be like, can you tell me? <laughs> Is there a place can we <laughs> Is go? There a place somewhere in Toledo that fits this description? the greater Toledo area, which can also include southern Michigan down river yeah. Detroit. Yeah, <laughs>
0: but that was that was her first reaction was, you know, yes, yeah, this isn't a car accident, this isn't this isn't, you yeah. know, Neil and Kenny, who are old mentors who, yeah. who were yeah. older, or passed away. Um, This is Carl, man. Yeah.
1: No, and that—that I think. All I mean, being so close to the situation in the first place, there was no way not to be deeply affected by it. Yeah. Then there is that entering a new phase of life. You're turning forty, and that's happening at the same time. Yeah, that's you're trying to. uh, Perhaps find your own uh, definition, or. How you want to start thinking about your death. I, I I know it's anathema to think about your own death in America. Yes. Uh, it is not part of our culture. Full stop, we do not ever acknowledge that at some point in time we are going to die. Yeah. Uh, at least, you know, not in common society and not in polite company. <laughs>
0: yeah, no. And uh, I mean, that's, um, and that's maybe why I'm partially, I think my students know me as. Doctor Gloom and Doom. Yeah, um, I think my catchphrase for my honors course this semester is "Life is what happened to the dead" mm-hmm. from the Robin Hitchcock song. <laughs> um, I just I splurted it out, and then I was reading the second half, the second act of Fences, to get ready for one hell of a discussion tomorrow about the second act of August Wilson's Fences. It's a hell of a second act. <laughs> yeah, there's a hell of a second act in that play. <laughs> Um, and Troy Maxson man life is what happened to the dead yeah and I think just gonna just gonna keep coming back to that all semester you know I mean it's hard you know it's funny yeah being young versus being our age yeah the dynamic which actually this class is doing a lot better than this is probably the fifth or sixth time I've taught fences in an honors course it is very hard for, the, for an 18 year old honors student to imagine their life not working out Or to to know what it really means to be denied something or fail at something or fuck up so bad.
1: I think, though, at that point in time, at least for me, whether I, you know, seeing fences or reading fences, I understand that from my life. But you could also, in that age, hopefully look at your parents and hopefully see that. See a little bit of Troy and Mom and Dad, yeah, because yeah. they that I saw that in so much working class Pittsburgh growing up, yeah, uh, and that's that's why that particular piece of, uh, of work punches so hard because it is it's still working class Pittsburgh, you know, yeah, underneath all the gentrification, that is still. Pittsburgh in its essence and definition in so many ways. Yeah, people so thank you, August Wilson.
0: Yes, thank you, August Wilson. Um, oh, it so good. Those characters are so. As much as Troy can be a monster, he has such a dignity to him. Yeah. Oh, um, well, I
1: mean, even monsters have dignity. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, which is hard for us to remember in in the 2020s. It, it is now because it's
1: a time of monsters, and you know you don't want to. Monsters and the binary. Yes. Everything is now two narratives. There is no uh, deviance from either narrative. Yes. So. So there's no room
0: for ambiguity. Like you get in Fences, but... Yeah, I mean, just that, you know... Yeah, I mean, thinking about Carl, thinking about this book, thinking about... You know, how... The notion that a timeline's been disrupted
1: Yeah You know, which is Well, well you can watch those timelines As they fragment I, And uh, that's I guess another thing about middle age That kind of becomes clearer You're watching your timelines fragment as you go Yeah You know, it's like every step is another Fragmentation of time Yeah, lines. and
0: another thing that's <laughs> Gone and lost and mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and, and yeah that that becomes both harder to see and so common at the same point in time. you know, yeah um, yeah, it is what it is. I guess I should read another poem. yeah, let's read another piece of this I'll try and, fantastic. I'll try and keep this going here, yeah. Uh, this is... Fourteen. Michelle calls them jazz cigarettes. A term that came from a conversation. We were talking slang. Shit old man say, old men say. And I don't remember who used the term first. Before Thanksgiving, she calls, and the pain is bad. And the painkillers are too harsh. A friend gave them weed. Would I come over with rolling papers? I'll feed you dinner. Can you teach him how to roll a joint? And I'm working with his daughter. She sees the odd look, and I tell her about the conversation, and we giggle. It's absurd this is illegal. It's pain relief without harsh side effects, without addiction. We eat dinner, wait till his daughter heads upstairs, and I grab a sheet of paper, no grinder, I break buds into tiny pieces, easy for burning, piles of green, a pinch in the paper, and then another. Richard watches intent, manual gotching, playing, papers filled between fingers, lick glue, fold over with indexes, twist, and then roll. Some people smooth it out so it doesn't look like a twig with warts. I dovetail a place for my lip, for the roach clip. I pull stray bits from either end, he nods and says, that's very organic. He says, Can you roll another? And heads to the porch. I spark to spark the newfound oblivion and I roll another. Finished. Richard hasn't returned. I find him back porch, burned up papers, no smoke. I take a fresh joint, light the end, when it flames I blow it out. It hit I hit it, he hits it. I wind my joints tight. Sometimes you gotta untwist it to get a good hit. I show him, and he nods. His eyes Mm. have a very different spark. He says again, very organic. I roll another, Mm. and he rolls another. Each time he says, very organic. Mm. Space rock shakes out our brains. His hands shake joints thin, but he thinks he's got it. In the living room, plaster to the ceiling, We watch strings from ghost guitars vibrate. This Mm. is the first time I've ever seen Richard relax. It's also a good how to roll a joint poem. (laughs) Yes,
0: yes, yes.
1: I didn't know I was that good at rolling, you know, right, uh, telling people how to roll joints, but I, I, I always enjoyed uh, yeah,
0: that. No, that uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a life skill.
1: It is. I, I, You know, as all this was going on, I, I really uh, thought to myself how wonderful it could be if I could get a job just rolling joints for cancer patients all day mm. and showing, you know, people how to roll joints, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And it's still kind of my dream job. It's really what I want to do in this world. I just want to roll joints for people.
0: (laughs) Rolling joints for kids. That'd be a great... (laughs) Nonprofit. Well, <laughs> You know
1: what I mean Like Anybody who's listening to this If that's your idea too Come on, let's think tank this shit up <laughs> <laughs> Pull out the was it 403B No, that's that's a different form Tax
0: form Whatever the tax form is Whatever
1: you gotta do I mean, I, I know that you can buy Pre-rolled joints uh, In many other states That are, are further along than we are And it's fully legal But, you know at that point in time, we were still only at, like, five... We're at, like, 17 now. Yeah. Yeah. So... Like we really need to be at all, Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. Especially for... Yeah. You know, which, I mean, I guess that is... I mean... this part of the relatability is the setbacks, the pain...
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The pus. The... You know, because, again, I would get little, little sketches from you, little sketches from Cookie. Um what was happening. And uh Yeah. Yeah. What else is there to say?
1: <laughs> Everything
0: sucks. Uh um, No, yeah, that is yeah.
1: It's yeah, part of the, life, it's how, how No it, it goes.
0: is and passage of time is a murderer and mm-hmm. if we um, could all just go on that nineties Toledo Bar crawl. Everything would be fine. Everything would be wonderful. I, you know, I, I really did in that poem though. It's you know me naked hopping on one foot, covered in dog shit, um, <laughs> and holding dog piss at the same time. And holding dog piss and not realizing it. Um, that I mean, it was just one of the genuinely saddest feelings I've ever felt. Realizing, I mean, it was a completely beautifully non lucid dream. Mm. Of having this party With just every, every Everybody's human. there Everybody's there Even people I hadn't met yet um, Yeah And to have You know to, well, Isn't another one of your problems right? times that we didn't know Were the times of our lives mm. I might have <sighs> done that <laughs> Yeah <laughs> that might be on the Christmas record yeah.
1: Is that on it? I can't remember Yeah, yeah that's on the Christmas record
0: I there. paraphrase, yeah. but um, you know, and not even realizing I mean, that's. I guess that's another element of this and another element of the, the experience of this, this long lyric narrative poem is realizing, you know you don't know something is the time of your Good. life or something was truly special and unique well, I mean, I, that's the end. or that something was fleeting.
2: Yeah, I mean,
1: and everything is. I mean, you're, you're just if you're moving with life, then things get lost, things get left behind. I mean, unfortunately, part of the meaning of life is loss. It shouldn't be regret, but it should be loss. You know? Yeah, because there is no way to go through this. You're celebrating because. You know those losses are going To keep coming It's yeah. You know, uh, Magic and Loss Is, is the Lurie premise, right yeah. From his cancer record His great cancer record, which I, uh, I spent a lot of time listening to mm. As a young man before I understood it You know, but Maple Thorpe And I forget who else Had died within a year Of each other of cancer And uh, that record Just kind of runs through Trying to deal with the, those two losses. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is. I guess this is a Lou Reed record. This is. This is not Street Hassle. But <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. This. Yeah. You know.
0: And I guess we should also talk about about the the artwork. The other yeah, part yeah, of this, this.
1: This is a split. It is. It um, is a split. When. Uh, so uh, the cover art. First off, uh, Nell. Had made the drawing Nell is Carl's youngest daughter has two daughters um, So Nell uh, Did the drawing of his last night uh, They were all Together um, I don't know if I want to read that poem Anyway <laughs> They were all together She had gone to get him a glass of water which is in a poem Yes Here And She had just stepped outside To join her mother And sister And Maybe someone else On the porch I can't recall right now And They heard Him knock the glass over And they came Rushing into the room And He was in That process of Your consciousness mm-hmm. Exiting Which if you've seen You understand Yeah Yeah One second. Sure, no problem. Now, that, um. And, uh, so her response to that was the cover art. Mm. Um, and she drew that just a couple of weeks after. Uh, so you'll find the copy of Love Supreme in there. Yes. And you'll, you'll find some of the things that, that, that are mentioned, uh, later in the book. And, um, As it became clear that Stubborn Mule was going to do this uh, In 20 I guess probably would have been 2017 I had Talked to Nell And I had sent her the book And I kind of wanted Somebody who was And not that I'm not family Yeah Because I am Uh, Megan is, is as close to a sister as I have Yeah Um But I needed someone Who was there To kind of say this is okay Mm -hmm. You can put this out Um And Nell read it and She was like this is really An important book please Put this out and I said If I do this will you Do drawings for it I want to use She already knew I wanted to (laughs) use the cover image Um So, uh, initially I had suggested that it would be a poem and a drawing back and forth, and she said, no, 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 your, your book has to be, Mm -hmm. and my book has to be, we cannot do them together, I don't want to break up your words, Mm. and I understood that, so there is a reason for that separation on purpose, um... And I think her, her artwork is incredible
0: Yeah, no, it is uh, stunning It is I, I think of it as You know you, as Again, I, I, I keep wanting to use the word lyrical To describe the poetry But it also is yes, Yeah, this narrative <sighs> There is An Emotional correctness Mm -hmm. To the drawings I mean it doesn't have the narrative But I think there are There are images there that Suck you in the gut Just as hard Mm -hmm. Even if it's not a You know This is a representation of an IV drip Or whatever you would draw You know realism There is this This Iconic Visual Language That happens In those drawings That you know, thinking about my dad, you know, my experience with him dying. yeah, yeah, no, There's right on point.
1: Very, yeah, right on the, point. The vulnerability and the grief and, and the, the anger and the pain are all very clear. yes, uh, through it's so good. yeah. Um, so ultimately she came back with I think twenty five drawings. we talked about fifty, and she was like, I can't And I was like, I that's fine. yeah you know, whatever you are comfortable with doing, however you best want to do this, you know, there was no restrictions on her, no suggestions, no anything. It was like, please, this is this is yours, do what you need to do and it is part of the book. Mm-hmm. And that's how we did it. Um, you know, she had all the editorial uh, statement that everybody else had with the book, mm-hmm. conversations between myself and, and Jeanette and whatnot, so um, this is her first published work, so mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that that gets to be the case. I mean, yeah. she's had, you know, museum pieces and whatnot here and there, but published work, there is Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I, I was really happy to have um, family involved. Yes. Uh, and I guess we keep coming back to family, and maybe this is one of those things. You know, as we get older, we find family in places where, not with your family necessarily. No, absolutely. Our you, tribe. You choose or your family. You choose
0: you you your family. You choose that community. I mean, finding meaning and solace within others. Yeah and I think that's also an important part of all of this so maybe one more reading and on to the the one more passage and then the bottom five maybe alright
1: Jesus do I I try do I dare try this fucking poem no no (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't on. do it? Don't
0: do it. Don't um, do- I, I do not I, I don't want to go there. Okay. And I, 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 I wouldn't... You know, it's what is it, the, the good boss, the good the good general never asks a soldier to do something he would do. I could not ask you to read that poem. All right. Then. I could I'm, not. I'm, I'm going to do this poem. Uh, buy the book, people. Buy the fucking book. That's I mean, you got to feel these things. You have to sit with these things. Um, You have to make peace with your life. With it, I I don't know if I did the right or wrong thing
1: consuming this in one sitting. Well, I I I (sighs) joked that if people didn't finish this book, I would be fine. You know? Yeah. You go as far as you can with it. You go
0: as far as you can, and but it is important to think about these things. It is important. I mean, again, this is Doctor Gloom and Doom. Terrorizer of the 18 year old College <laughs> freshman <laughs> Speaking but And it was a gift that was given to me By by Kenny who's mentioned In that poem To realize that art and culture is about celebrating All aspects of life and of the human Experience and that it is important And part of our American Mania and American malady is that We do not no, we don't. And we don't think that we should
1: And, and we the, what so. I
0: learned that saved my life Was it is important to explore these things and go these places. Yes. Because if you don't, just the rot, the rot, the rot, the rot, <laughs> the
1: comes. rot. I think is all you really need to say. Yes. I mean, it really does cover it. it there is a
0: rot to it. You, you yeah, have to it's, understand. It's like undercarriage rust on a '97
1: Pontiac. It's you just it. you're 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 not going to pass inspection eventually. I can't. This is a poem that I I. I've, have read from this regularly, so Okay. And it okay. won't be as as hard. <laughs> mm. <laughs> ah, yeah. uh, so we're at like thirty nine I think here now. Michelle texts that her mother died. When I would I have a drink with her and Kate at the tiki bar. I text back and Kate is late. I head to Michelle's and her, Richard and I talk about her mother's death, her last words. Don't be afraid, Michelle. Mm. I can't fathom how you talk to your spouse about your mother's death when your husband has been reduced to apologies. Sorry for cancer. Sorry for dying. Mm. I talk about my grandmother's death. A month in and out of consciousness after a stroke took most of her spark. My brother and I spent August nights on hospital picnic benches, smoked, talked our goodbyes for her to each other. She died mid-afternoon, and I was late, caught in a storm, believe it or not, timed to the moment she passed. Mm. They waited till I was there, and then they pulled the sheet. Sometime you have plenty of time to say goodbye. Mm. Sometimes you have none mm-hmm. In this bar Time fades We get to stories Kate is rebald and Michelle is dry And I keep it silly But we can't, I can't stop staring at Michelle's finger And her dead mother's ring The, so- the mm-hmm. third zombie Unties her tongue And leaves a wide-eyed bartender But nets us a drink discount mm-hmm. These nights A drift on time Expired I think in terms of prayers. Bless the women who smoke. Bless the women who say fuck, graceful, gospel, vulgar. Bless the way we break to pieces. Bless us when we pretend to keep it together. And bless the bartenders who deliver the drinks that for a moment keep the pain away. Mm. <laughs> I can put that book away <laughs> I'll yeah read it again for a while <laughs> yeah
0: um, thank you so much for doing this I know you said uh, you're not really doing readings around this book not that you know it, pandemics it make that pandemic it makes certainly that easier. makes
1: it easier but to, to you know, not yeah I, I was gonna do the uh, one reading for it which would have been for Carl's 50th mmm and of course we couldn't do that, so maybe by the time he's supposed to turn fifty five, we can be out of this shit and ready yeah. to go.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? So if people do want to have this experience and they should have this experience even um, if you don't want to have this
1: experience. <laughs> what is the best way to get a hold of? You can order end. it on Bandcamp, on my Bandcamp page.
0: Oh, that's right I, I, You do Bandcamp merch now
1: I, I've started slowly and I need to do more of it But there are a few books available uh, Through Bandcamp And you can always message me And we can talk and figure it out there Or you can find me on Facebook, of course mm-hmm. and, uh, I never check Goodreads But I probably that I know the Evil Empire had the book Cheap for a while because it sold well uh, I don't know if they still do. Mm. Um, I'll try to dig up some links, folks, and put yeah, them on the site. But I, I, I can guarantee happens. you that if you want to help smaller, independent bookshops, that bookshop.org might have it. Because mm. um, I know they generally and have Actually, you know what? I'll find that link before
0: I find the big board.
1: Yeah, that's you can help out either White Whale or, or Caliban. Both yeah. have bookshop, uh pages, Um, and bookshop is pretty fabulous for that. I mean, you'll pay a little bit more for books, but you're doing everybody a service. And you're not helping somebody get to Mars, because that guy needs to
0: die on Earth like the rest of us losers. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now it's time for the bottom five. A series of questions not related to our main topic that are of a surrealistic and or philosophical nature... Um, and man, even on this podcast so many times I have a pool of questions, people and I have a pool of extra questions and I couldn't find them So, uh You know, you might get this question For the second or third or fourth time Who knows Question one What's your most irrational pet peeve?
1: Most irrational pet peeve Oh Shit I'm getting old. There's going to be a lot of them.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, that that is a thing.
1: Um, we'll make it easy and just uh, since we were talking about this before we started recording, uh, drivers not pulling over to let their GPS's buffer. Yes. Let's just do that.
0: Yes. Normalize, please pulling
1: pull. over. Yes to let your gps buffer please park your fucking car when your gps is buffering or just drive through and hope for the best Mm. last time i drove through new york if you if you're ever driving in new york city gps's don't work because the buildings are too tall yes trying to get out of new york without a gps is very difficult but if you find the signs for the lincoln tunnel you can follow the signs for the Lincoln, Lincoln tunnel. tunnel. Yes, pull
0: over, zoom out and count the blocks to the left turn. Just count the blocks, count the pro yep. cross streets. Anyway, question 2. Name an item from your childhood that you lost or get rid of that you This is the eBay question. Name an item from your childhood that you lost or got rid of that you most wish you could get back.
1: Mm. which is why I use eBay for that, you know, that is particularly difficult because I'm ch- really in the process of shedding at mm. this point. Uh, i I joked that I am Swedish death cleaning 15 years early. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I, I'm starting to feel oppressed by things. Mm. And more and more, I'm wanting not things. You know, I mean, I, I travel regularly and. Uh, over the last decade of, uh, of being able to really travel well, even um, the experiences become more valuable mm-hmm. than the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm fine. You know, everything that I go back to from my childhood I find leaves me short. You know, it doesn't do what I wanted it to do. Mm. However there is that beautiful moment That as people of a certain age We can always relate By And this I think is honestly terrible When it finally dawned on me We relate To each other By the things we owned as children Yes Uh, And that is like the first step In friendships Yeah Yeah you owned the Adat Walker and I owned the Adat Walker and God, I remember the Adat Walker. You know, I said, you know, take that and keep running with it. Yeah. Um, so I'm okay. going to defer that question and just say, I, I don't want things. You don't want things? At, okay. Uh,
0: question three. This is another childhood question. What is your earliest memory connected to music or art? Maybe what was the first thing that was really fascinating? First song, first written word, first thing you saw that was really... I mean, the, really the,
1: the, 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 the song that I always made my father play for me uh, when I was three and four years old was Octopus's Garden by the Beatles. Okay. That was, that was maybe my first favorite song. Oh. Um So... That's probably the best answer. That's a great answer.
0: That's a good one. Four. Name a food you wished you liked, but don't. Something everyone enjoys, and you're just like... Eggplant. Eggplant? Okay. Not a big eggplant. Not a big eggplant. Uh, Oh, you know what? I realize that's the same question. I have to ask a different one. I have to think of... Oh, I know. I've asked this before.
2: For
0: crap, um, um, is there anything in your home that you're afraid of? Speaking of casting off things, <laughs> I have a table saw in the basement that is utterly terrifying. Utterly petrifying. Yeah, it's um, it. It wants my fingers. It wants my fingers so bad.
1: Is there something? I hate it something?
0: just wants to just slice right through.
1: No. <laughs> no, okay. No, I mean my my you know, I mean I I, I have uh come home to uh <laughs> a, a a plug uh sparking out at one point in time and the house was full of ozone. Oh my. I I will just tell the story just for for, yeah. for shits and giggles. Um uh so I I was doing laundry uh on a Sunday probably back in like 2013 or 14. Uh, it was one of the, uh, days that we were doing, um, the Christmas labor readings at, at Hambom's. Oh, uh, yeah, I
0: was um, a part of a couple of those. I, was, I think I yeah. are part of all but one of those.
1: I, I yeah, I, I, we did them for a number of years and then I, I got busy and things just stopped, unfortunately, yeah. but we, we used to do readings, uh, around Christmas where, um... ...people could read poems about working around the holidays. hmm And, um... I had just gotten home from doing laundry... ...and I needed to get the fuck out the door... ...fairly quickly. And I walked in, and the house... ...is full of ozone. You know, that smell, the cloud, everything. Yes. And... ...there's that immediate, oh, shit moment. What the fuck is going on? You know, so, like, I, I put down the laundry... ...and the cat's walking around coughing... ...and I'm walking around coughing... And I'm trying to figure this out. I can't find it. Uh, And I went upstairs to find my housemate. And I said, hey, man, do you know what's going on? And he's like, oh, I I, I smelled something, but I I didn't know what it was, so I I just didn't worry about it. And as I was coming down from the third floor, I noticed that the wall socket uh, on the outside living room wall uh, was sparking. Oh, and you could just see the arcs and you could see the burn mark going up the wall. Uh, and I went to the breaker and I just shut it off and called the landlord. Yeah. And then I had to call like Steph Brea and be like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to make it tonight. My house could burn down in <laughs> seconds. So I will be there as soon as I can, but please. Hold things for a moment And I'll keep you posted Wow <laughs> um, Yeah uh, I don't know uh, Now that we're at the end of this a- And if this is inappropriate Please feel free to, to, to say so uh, We've we've spent a lot of time Talking about death yep. uh, Do you have A, not a fi- Do you have a way In which you want to go at this moment Do you know what you want you, I assume you're cremating yourself and whatnot. Yeah. Do you have a plan I guess for that moment after? Do you have something you want people to do? Do you have...
0: Oh, you know what?
1: Um, I, I guess I took a roundabout route to that question. No, no, you know, I will say... Well, while we're having questions, I'll I mean, put you on the spot for
2: one.
0: Yeah, alright. Um, well, actually, so we're in a room, we're in my home office. There's a card table set up my home office. It's usually not here that has... Uh, Three Sony bulk cassette duplicators. Yes, um, they're very much right there. <laughs> they're very much right here. Uh, if I know it's coming, I'm gonna make one final mixtape. Nice. Which nice. By the way, did you get the blue 44 year old mixtape? I don't know if I did. Uh, you. Uh, actually, no, I haven't seen you since July, so you don't. So make sure we get one on the oh, way out. Right. Um, I will make a funeral mixtape. Damn it. Yeah, I mean, I, I know the. I have even thought about what would go on it. All right, you got a you got a song or two you want to say? Um, well, here's here's the other thing I will say at my funeral. I want as fucking hard as it will be for everyone. I want a sing-along chorus to "Life Is Grand" by Camper Van Beethoven.
1: <laughs> I understand that. I always thought that. Um I think it's uh, The Dirty Threes I offered it up To the moon And the stars Mm. Would be like A good And it's long But a good Like sit with it Moment Yeah And then uh, The Neil Inez song uh, That I believe Is close to the end Of the fourth season Of Monty
2: Python
1: So right at the end Of the 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 run Of the show uh, There's a song When does Dream begin Mm. Uh, and I always thought that would be uh, the perfect like fade out the Dirty Three, and uh, you know, much mm. like uh, the the Andy Kaufman, this friendly, friendly world.
2: Yes. So oh you my!
1: Move in, you know, from this sweeping epic of violins yeah. and uh, and then you get dropped yeah. into this sweet song. Well, yeah. Does a dream
0: begin? Yeah. I mean, and I had that extra dimension because there would be the whole, like, if I'm still working when it happens and I'm still working where I'm working mm-hmm. or I'm still working higher ed period that you would have the campus community thing. Um, there was this awful thing that happened at my alma mater. The VP of Student Life passed away
2: mm-hmm.
0: this Sunday before classes started. Oof. And so, and he was a young guy. He was 28, COVID. 28 years old, COVID. Um, had been in a medically induced coma for a week and literally the students that knew him and worked with him and he was a sports coach as well, um, those students were coming back to Loretto Mm. when he passed, when word was getting out. And so you had these people coming back to the... Speaking of community and stuff, people coming back after the summer and reconvening in this space that... I mean, that's one of the things, and that's why I still think about Loretto so much, because it it is so isolated. Yeah. But it is so... When people are there, when students are there, when you're living there full-time, you know... (laughs) It's kind of
1: earth-shattering.
0: It's kind of earth-shattering. I mean, it is... You know, all campuses, for me, always, I'm feeling this even now, even though Duquesne's in the middle of the city. You know, you put a coin in this giant machine, and it comes to life again every August.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it certainly does.
0: People having that experience, knowing, actually, wait, this guy had passed away, that we all knew, that was here in May when we left. Yeah, no, Um, he's gone. He's gone. Like There would also be that dimension. Like They would want to have... There would have to be something, and there would have to be, you know, 18-year-olds who knew me a little bit, or something, or had this experience with me, or were having this experience
1: with me. Who knows? Um, That would be a thing. Last question, and I'll let you let uh, and then we can end it all. I it is uh, end it all.
2: <laughs> no, there's
1: a Freudian slip. Uh, no, oh, he's right over there on the shelf. <laughs> uh, where do you want your ashes? <sighs> where have are you thought about it? Um,
0: the two choices, well, in a weird way, I mean, Homewood Cemetery is right there. Mm-hmm. you know uh, this city that i made my home yeah um that would be walking distance in this house between from this house that is you know or Loretta actually or Loretta i mean i really do uh carry that i mean i was not the most happy college student i was not the I most don't know pro us were yeah and, and and but thinking you know my narrative timeline in my life i i have put a hard partition between. The first 18 years of my life And now And par- and You know when I went to college From me going to college till now The way I Narrativize my life in my own head Is a continuous timeline
1: no, no, I like Those first me.
0: 18 years are some other timeline Some other thing Some other place that I don't even like to go And I haven't been back to the town I grew up in since the year 2000 no. I wonder actually If in these storms the house I grew up in Flooded or anything But, but um. So those would be my two choices. Understand. Either Loretto or um, Homewood Cemetery.
1: Yeah, for me, and and, and very similar to you. Um, when I did my first big road trip, uh, I was nineteen or just about twenty. One of the greater, or just turned mm-hmm. twenty, and I. Had been convinced by my friends to drive all night, Mm. uh, through the Adirondacks. Okay. Which they were supposed, someone was supposed to stay awake with me and Mm. no one did. Mm. And so I, I nearly killed all of us more than a half dozen times over the course of that night, like drifting off. Uh,
0: I, I had that experience. I mean, I had this really weird dream once that I was driving in the center of the Pennsylvania Turnpike near Lancaster doing 35 miles an hour.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, And I, then I, I
0: woke up and was like, oh, fuck, <laughs> this is not... This is, this is exactly what I'm doing. Yes, and uh, yeah. And actually, my first... I think it was a straight part of the state. My first impulse was to get up to speed. The first thing was I pounded the gas. <laughs> Let's
1: go faster. No, that's exactly what you do, Wake though. up. Go fast. Go fast. Yes. Um, so I, I, I drove all fucking night. And I, I at one point in time, it had gotten so bad that I was if you're around the Lake Placid area, uh, there are roadside pull-offs about every other mile. Mm. So I was pulling off every other mile, jumping out of the car, running around the car, screaming, jumping back in to get to the next, you know, and doing it again. Fuck. But I got to near Burlington, Vermont. Uh, around six in the morning, and the sun had just hit the horizon as I was coming up a bluff, and it filled my rear view, and it was a Sunday morning, and I just went, like, briefly blind, and was just, you know, like, you have that, like, ecclesiastic moment, like, you're delirious, and there's this light pouring in into mm. the car and I dead stopped the car and threw the door open and I walked down to the shore of Lake Champlain, which was about 25 yards away. Wow. And I just, with two people sitting in the car and no one else around, watched the rest of the sun coming up. That's great. And that, for you, uh, as with Loretto, there is where adult life starts. There is, that is really? that moment. Wow. That is that. And so when this is all over and there is a cup of my ashes somewhere, I want a bunch of people, whoever's left, whoever cares, whoever yeah. wants to, to go up there on a July morning. And you have to pay the money, so don't tell anyone you're doing it. <laughs> As the sun is coming up, pitch my ass in the fucking... And let's say goodbye
0: (laughs) You know when I uh, Two things One when my dad was passing And I had to make funeral arrangements Because my parents The pre-planning was They wrote the number for the place Where he was going to get cremated On a light blue post-it note And kept it by the phone (laughs) Without a label (laughs) Without what it was That was pre-planning I that, was never I was never maybe I was never angrier at my dad than I was the night before he died. He was he had a terminal disease for fuck's sake. And he, and he, had, he had no
2: plans.
0: He had well that would no the plan was they went to the phone my mom went to the phone book and found the place on US 17 in Myrtle Beach, wrote the number down. And that they told me that that they had planned <laughs> And so, my mom... Oh, man. So, my mom was... I almost lost both parents within 24 hours of each other. My mom was in another hospital because she had a health issue that, because my dad was dying and because it was my mom, um, until she started bleeding to death, no. she didn't go to the hospital. Of course. Yeah. Uh, of course. Of course. Of course. And so, they had written the number down, and so my mom had just had life-saving surgery. And is this just emotional wreck of a human being that mm-hmm. couldn't handle this? And so we had to keep secret what was happening to my dad mm-hmm. as she was going through this. And so my sister was with her, and I said, I called my sister and was like, "Hey,, um, the hospice place my dad went to. They were like, "We don't have a morgue." if he goes, he's got to get out of here within like an hour or two, or a couple hours, because there's no place to put him. Mm. And I was like, okay. And I called my sister and said, you know, did you have a free plan? Could you get that information out of Mom? You say it's a paperwork thing. Say it's a paperwork thing. And, um, I said, yeah, it was the place on 17. It was 17 or 707. I forget the highway. (laughs) And so, yeah, phone book, because I still had a uh, Nokia that had Snake on it, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Yeah. Like so, there was no like I'll just look it up. So no phone book, phone book found the place, called and said, "Hey, my dad's in this place." They said they thinged. Um, and these guys. Are, okay, you know what? Uh, I'm out on a, the guy's like I'm out on a call, so he's like going to pick somebody up, and he's like, "But I'm gonna be back at the office in about two hours." Uh, what's your number? Me call do. you back And I'll find the I'll find I'll go through the files And find the thing and, Um Guy calls him back About two hours He says there's no record Of And I was like Oh Do you know like I mean what's the situation I said what the situation was I said where it was I was like, okay well you know Uh If You know If something happens Just give him our number And We'll take care of it and we'll figure it out from there. And by the way, if you could call back and find out, you know, maybe who they talk to, you know, because there's a couple people who work here and I call back the number. and I was like, okay, let me let me get get that to you and I'll be back in a second. And I called the the hospital again and my sister was like, well, you got to find out Did they give anybody money. Did anybody (laughs) get any money for this thing that we all knew was going to happen? And she's like, okay, I'll ask. Long pause. No, they didn't give anybody any money.
1: Oh. Well, then it doesn't matter, right? Then it doesn't
0: matter. I was like, all right. Well, okay, thanks. Hang up the phone. Go to call back. And I just flip through the caller ID. Mm -hmm. And I realize I'm flipping through the caller ID. And I get to the number. And I get, I'm about to hit dial. And I look. And the number on the caller ID is the number on this light blue post-it note. (laughs) By the phone And that was my parents pre-planning And I at that point was going on You know about three or four hours sleep Uh, The wonderful thing about Myrtle Beach, South Carolina Is that it is the one place more New Jersey than New Jersey And my parents (laughs) decided to build a fucking house there And that it takes Because my dad was in South Myrtle Beach And my mom was in North Myrtle Beach It takes about 90 minutes to drive through Metro Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. It is Business 22 in Monroeville for those of you who are in Pittsburgh for for 90 minutes. I mean, it's just Business 22 in Monroeville that just never ends. You you pass the third Buffalo Wild Wings, and you're just like it becomes the Flintstones cartoon background. You know, it's like oh, that's another Flint. That's another Buffalo Wild. Wings. Am I in an endless loop? And so I was having to, like, manage this care and drive between these places. And I'd get out the door at 6 in the morning, and I'd come home after midnight and cry for a little bit. And then, or not home, but, like, my parents' house. Cry for a little bit, get three hours sleep, and then go. And um, I also had this experience where (laughs) I went, I was visiting my mom in the hospital. And I had to use the bathroom. And the guest bathroom was... um, Down the hall And for whatever reason I should write this poem The toilet faced the mirror (laughs) And I'm sitting there on the toilet Looking at myself And it's the first time I'd looked in the mirror In a couple days And I look like a fucking raccoon Yeah, Like I had these giant black welts Under my eyes And I had been walking around for days like this And I had no idea Anyway But the absurdity of life Yes the generic cremains container, this is a plastic thing, had a recycling icon on it. It was a number four plastic that you could recycle. <laughs> they had the thing. Like, if you're gonna recycle this, and it was like so chintzy, like it was literally like it was this black plastic thing that the lid didn't fit right. And he's yeah. like, Well, this is the basic thing. If this is what you if this if you don't want this is just what comes with it, but if you want something else. You gotta pay a little more money, and like the lid didn't fit. And I looked; I was, I held it, and I looked at it, and underneath it was a number four. There was a number four in that like triangle thing in the, in the,
1: four-way the, in the
0: four way in the in the three, in the triangles with the arrows on it. And I was like, how horrifically absurd is this moment in my life that? <laughs> you get cremains in a recycling co- in a recyclable container and if there's nothing else to say about the circle of life and life going on that's about it man that's
1: about it. that is about it i i just wanted to turn the bottom five around after that's, ten of, <laughs> these, ten of and these and talking about death i figured we should you know
0: what maybe that's it from now on the bottom five you get to ask me questions five questions okay there yeah, we go yeah. that's that's uh, a new
1: thing <laughs> for episode 110 or whatever Whenever you're back It, it just seemed like a good idea That we, 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 we've urged people to talk to each other about death And that we should have talk a little conversation other about, about the end Yeah Here, before we left yeah. Just to give everybody a little guide point to th- This is how we do it <laughs> This
0: is how we do it And I will say, the thing is, because I was male Because I was supposed to be in charge As the male child Because I couldn't deal with things I did the worst thing you could do With that I just went to work I had the most crazy comprehensive exam reading list I taught all the classes I did all the things And just pushed those emotions Actually that was actually While I was sitting there And I saw myself Sitting on the toilet I almost started bawling And Mm -hmm. I knew that if I started Then I would really look like a mess when I came back And I would be gone for a really long time No, And And, uh, that really fucked me up I will say that fucked that decision to not cry at that moment fucked me up for years. Yeah. I completely and totally understand that. Top tip, people. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't close that door. No. And it's going to be a long damn time before you can open it again. If you, it, For me, anyway, it was. It was a long time mm-hmm. before I could open that again. It was um, Tom Waits' As Bad As Me album. So I actually reopened that door, and then my dog died, and, you know. And then it all came. Yes, and I probably knew the dog was dying, which
1: is why the Tom White's record hit so hard. Anyway. (laughs) That's probably the exact, where where the dog dies is the end of the show, right? Yes,
0: (laughs) so I think that's about it. Uh, Our next episode will eventually happen Will be about something. Actually, episode 100 is already in the works. Um. Our homepage, where you can find new and old episodes, is going to diepodcast.com. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, yeah Amazon, and Audible now. Amazon bought Audible and they invited me to put my RSS feed. And so you can get them there. You got to help that guy get in outer space, man. Um, Podcast Addict Mixed Cloud. Follow us on Twitter at, at going to And We're All Going to Die is on Facebook. Thanks to our guest, Jason Baldinger. Thanks, Matt. Read The Afterlife is a Hangover. Later meets.